counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses, Your Honor. Curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and anger a million people with our bad faith arguments. <laughs> My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today, we're talking about another film on that list. Tony Kay's stroke, Edward Norton's 1998 drama, American History X. American History X was released November 20th, 1998, starring Edward Norton, Edward Furlong, and Beverly D'Angelo. Before before we fold a bunch of sheets in prison, I got to ask you, great viewers, to make sure you leave a review for this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Give us the thumbs up. Tell your friends. Tell us how we are horribly wrong. But anyway, how how's your week been? My week has been uh, challenging. Um, my parents are visiting, and uh, with that comes the drama. And uh, drama, parental drama, is always filled with uh, guilt. So it's been exciting dealing with that. How's your week been? Uh, my week has been challenging. My mother's <laughs> visiting. <laughs> and with that comes... <laughs> No, um, I'm 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 joking. I'm not. I'm joking. Um, no, it's all good. Uh, it's it's good to see family that you haven't seen for quite a while. But I mean, I I, I would lie if it's not disrupting mm. your your normal day to day from time to time, right? But um, are they visiting from Germany? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a big trip, right? So you you try to make that worthwhile and nah, that's true that's true oh well i'm glad it's always good to see family even if it's only for a short period of time before it yep. starts to dwindle and you're like well i'm not a kid anymore mom uh. <laughs> <coughs> right <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's all good i mean we we try to do fun things um we went to a soccer game we went to the earthquakes oh really how did that go it was fun. It's a cool stadium. It was, I mean, the game was 1-1, so whatever. Typical but, soccer game. I know. That, that's what kind of sucks about soccer, that there's a draw. <laughs> to be frank, that's why tennis is so good. There has to be a winner. has to. True. Um, but yeah, so, so that was, it was a good experience. I've never been to a San Jose Earthquakes game, so learn something know, it, Interestingly enough, I haven't been to a San Jose earthquake game, but I've been to that uh, soccer stadium to watch several games, including Liverpool versus Barcelona a few years ago. So, oh, wow. yeah, I used when I, when I lived in Sacramento, I used to go watch the Sacramento Republic almost every weekend, and I was part of the people who watched them win the the trophy. And I was I was so big on the hype that they were going to be joining the MLS. Um, so when I moved to the Bay, one of the things that I was considering was supporting the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, but I have never gone to a game. Hmm. It shows you my level of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the stadium was cool, though. I, I, though, I have to say, I had the worst churro of my life. I did not know that it was possible, but the churro at the at PayPal Park 
pack. It sucked. Oh sucked. My you God. should be ashamed of yourselves selling that. Mm. And it's more expensive than the Disney churro. I'm like, what are you even doing with your lives? <laughs> oh, man. All like right. It's completely beside the point. <laughs> it is. It is. It's. It, I mean, it's good to let your feelings be known to the world. I think yes. it's important if the food is just horrible that you let everybody know. I mean, yeah. know, it's, stadium, stadium food is not always the best. No, no. Some people would say that we're deflecting from talking about this film, though. Oh, well, <laughs> then let's, let's not do this. Uh, let's let's hear, see your synopsis first, and then All right. we'll continue. Living a life marked by violence and racism, neo-Nazi Derek Vignette finally goes to prison after killing two black youths who tried to steal his car. Upon his release, Derek vows to change his ways. He hopes to prevent his younger brother, Danny, who idolizes Derek, from following in his footsteps. As he struggles with his own deeply ingrained prejudices and watches their mother grow sicker, Derek wonders if his family can overcome a lifetime of hate. So yeah, American History X. American History X. I don't know. I don't I don't particularly I am curious to know which which side I'm gonna fall on. I I, I would be more inclined to anyway, let's toss the coin <laughs> and figure it out. Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, heads or tail. I will go with heads. Okay. Tails. So this is the reason why I didn't give away my position. So what should you what would you rather do? Uh I'll I'll speak against it. Uh, I can't speak against it. Um <laughs> I will speak for this film then. Yeah. You wanted to speak against it? You said Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll speak for it. It's yeah. fine. Um I will uh I will open the floor to you, sir. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Your honor. American History X is at face value a movie um, that is revered because it's uh, dealing with racism. But my main critique about this movie is that it's incredibly shallow. Um, we're led to believe that somebody is who is at the highest ranks of the, the neo-Nazi movement in Venice Beach uh, essentially goes to prison, ignores um, other non-neo-Nazi people that he interacts with, has to interact with at work, for over a year and then he has an incident in the shower and he starts talking to to his african-american counterpart at work and now he's this reformed person all kind of it it, they make it out to be like seemingly in a matter of days um like flipping on a coin and that's incredibly shallow and then he gets out and we see the same thing happen with this brother who has been for years deeply involved in in that scene has been mentored by the, the head honcho of that whole group. Uh, and his brother comes out they go to a party and leave the party. And on their way back, they have one conversation that completely flips his brother around. And that makes no sense to me um, because you're so, these people are so indoctrinated that it, it doesn't make sense to be able to see the light within like one day and be like, oh, holy crap, right? Like it takes time to 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 work against these um, indoctrinations, these misinformations. Um, so I, I feel like it's incredibly shallow. I'm also 
kind of questioning the self-fulfilling prophecy aspect of it when you have a movie of that's that's clearly about racism and you know, don't get um don't get influenced by biases um you know when when you see an african-american person don't like like the, the movie makes it out to be because neo-nazis is like okay they're all gangsters they're all thugs um i feel like the movie is taking the lazy route in kind of supporting that thought and argument um by the way it ends so it's like we we don't get a an argument of like but african americans are not bad no we get the argument of like oh look they're gangsters and they kill people <laughs> and i find that highly questionable um because i feel like it's not necessarily really telling something that like it, it's not we're not learning anything that's a critique like it's like it's it's incredibly shallow it's it's very in your face so it's very graphic in in parts um it almost feels like a little bit like it's like the sets and all that are and the tattoos almost feel a little too extreme and cartoonish like very in your face but i think that only adds to the shallowness of the whole movie um that's my argument well thank you very much um mr johannes the jury and everybody listening to this wonderful show I take issue with the fact that um, Johannes mentioned the the issue that uh, the turn for the main character was too slow. Um, I disagree with that because we begin to see the turn happen when uh, he notices members of his white supremacist group making deals with the Mexican group or the Hispanic group, because I actually don't know where they're from. Um, and they start to make the deals and, you know, initially he's a little worried that we the, the group was being tainted uh, by this uh, business connection. Um, and he feels like they should stop. Um, this led to him dropping the soap. But before it led to him dropping the soap in the bathroom, there, he started to have conversations with the person he had been working with in the laundry room for a year. Um, and over time, we see the relationship grow. Um, you know, the black man helped him uh, see a different light uh, to black people. So I, I, I take issue with the fact that he mentions that uh, the turn is too slow. I also take issue with the fact that he said his brother twisted too fast. Um, one of the things that was established in this film from the very beginning was that his younger brother saw him as his bedrock. Um, and in almost everything he did, um, he always used his brother as a gauge uh, for his direction. So if there's any critique to his brother's change, it's that his brother is more of a follower of the big brother who he looks up to uh, on all things. Um, this was established when his mom visited, visited him in prison and let him know that his brother was being taken in by, you know, the corrupt uh, um the uh, KKK, or should I say the white supremacists. So I wanted to, I just wanted to pour a little bit of water on, on that, um, on that argument. And hopefully Johannes can argue against that and I can pour some more water in it. 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> so the main point I wanted to bring uh, in this in this is that there's you don't generally find movies about white supremacists. Um, and the subject matter is very hard because, first of all, you want to deal, you first want to be able to relate to the protagonist. How do you relate to a white supremacist, especially given someone like me who's black? Um, it takes a lot of acting for for someone like me to buy the change in character. Um, and I think that Edward Norton uh, was did a tour de force for this film. Um, his acting was incredibly superb. Um, and he's able to carry the film from a point of pure, you know, disdain to a semblance of change. And I think that's important to note because this movie basically turns on whether you can appreciate his turn from the dark side to the gray side. Um, is he a reformed white supremacist? Um, I also want to say that this movie is very, very... Um, it, it, it doesn't age. I think given the political situation we're in right now, we're basically watching the January 6th committee coming together every Friday to listen to rock music and talk about attacking the Capitol. Basically nothing has changed. And I think it's one of the effective points of the film because the argument could be, all right, we don't grow because uh, his brother was shot at the end. But the reality is we're talking about a cycle of hate. And while we only see things from the white supremacist perspective, we can be damn sure that this same cycle of hate is happening within every single organization in that group. And if we had a film about each of those organizations, it would be equally, or should I say organizations? I mean, like race groups. It would be as equally disturbing as what we saw. So this movie is not a solution. This movie talks about the hate, the cycle of hate we experience in America. Um, and uh, I think that's where it's, it's, the strength lies. It's a movie that doesn't, uh, doesn't age. So a couple points. So you you mentioned that the Edward Furlong character is not dropping on a dime, right? Like the it's a gradual thing. And you mentioned that he was not happy with with his white boy club kind of working with the Mexicans in prison, right? So what that tells me is again, he was kind of second in, in command, right? Uh, outside of prison. Uh, what that tells me is that the people in prison he associates with himself with for protection are not Nazi enough. Right? It's like, how dare they work with, with non-white people? So, in my mind, it doesn't make any sense for him to be like, well, in that case... <laughs> I forget all all the years of hate in my head, you know, because even even the the Nazis in prison are not Nazis enough anymore. Like that change of mind for someone in his position does not make sense for me. And for that particular, like that trigger, that initial trigger of like, hey, this doesn't work. Now he calls him out and disassociates himself 
with them because again they're not nazi enough for him right they're not following the ideology and then the incident in the shower happens and he gets punished for her for being like for for dis- distancing himself from a group that he doesn't think like it's extreme enough and that all of a sudden kind of reforms him i don't buy it like i i don't i don't buy I would buy it if it's somebody who would have been fairly young and fairly new to that whole scene and just got nabbed. Like somebody who's not been indoctrinated, somebody who's not been like second in command of a group, bringing people in, right? And and really kind of leading them, raiding a supermarket, for example, right? So, so we have a person that is so um, convicted in his in his mentality of like okay this this is this is what's happening here um i don't fully buy that transition and then the same with his brother again like he got in trouble because he wrote a love letter to adolf hitler and mein kampf right like that's essentially what he did um and it's like okay he needs to write a different paper about American History X, how his brother got reformed, what he learned from it. And they go to that party that is obviously very kind of violent and bad. Uh, And he talks to his mentor, who's trying to spin everything into badness. And there's a fight. They leave the party and they have like a conversation on the walk home. And that prompts him to write the term paper that is the basis of this movie, technically. And he is this reformed kid that Hansen, you know, everything is fine with maple bars and coffee in the morning. And um, he's on his way to to hand in his Magnus Opum, like his, his best term paper, because he's now this reformed kid. All in the span of like 24 hours. And it makes no sense. Because he's been in this life for years, right? It's like I, 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 I have trouble believing that people that are. You will not be able to have a conversation with somebody who believes in the flat Earth and has been believing in 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 the flat Earth for three to five years. I find it very hard to believe that you would be able to convince them in the span of a night that there's a difference because they're so convinced that that's the reality and i strongly believe that's the same with with any other kind of indoctrination that happens right if if you if you believe that that you're supreme to everybody else because of of your color of your skin that's a very tricky thing to get over i think because you need to interact with people and we see that with edward norton right in a non-judgmental way to see hey we're kind of the same. Like we have same issues, we have same problems, we have same desires, right? Like we're not that different. And but but that like that needs to happen. Like a a a former neo-Nazi and a neo-Nazi in training having one conversation. I I have my doubt that that works out to be the most convincing thing. And you see the light, and oh my god, what have I done with my life in the span of one night? 
and that's why I think this movie is so shallow. Um, it's it's in your face, but it's if you think about it, it, it it's it's way too shallow for for what they tried to do here. Um, and first of all, I I appreciate your passion for this argument. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I, I think they could they, they they could have done better, but anyway, go ahead. The strength of this movie is gonna lie on how much you believe in the thir- the turn of the main character Derek, and how that affects Danny. Um, I think that uh, I disagree with you. I think one of the things that you know, one of the things that we noticed from the very beginning of the film is that the characters never had any experiences dealing with people of other races. They stayed in their suburban world um, and they never interacted with anybody of of the other races. Mm-hmm. Um, after his dad gets shot, the idea that a black person killed his dad grows in his head. Um, and he, it develops. He starts to meet um, bad people. Uh, the leader of the uh of the kkk the k the white supremacist group is cameron right he meets up with cameron who infuses these ideas he takes it in full hardy um and he becomes a general recruiting people trying to get them into their team uh and growing the white supremacist groups beating up people so we've established that you know over a period of time he slowly becomes a white supremacist leader. He becomes violent and all of that stuff. So by when he does the cop stump and he shoots those people, it's not out of place. But I also wanted to point out that while they were having lunch with Murray, um, we listened to his um, the conversations they had, you know, with Stacy, his sister Davina, and his mom Doris on the on the table. And Danny sits in while, you know, Derek, who is played by Edward Norton, argues um, using statistics that all the white supremacists these days still use. Um, why are black people always shooting black people? Why is the rate, blah, 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 using all those weird statistics um, without context. Um, and, you know, he starts the notion that black people are inherently violent which is an interesting notion as a black person listening to it. But I will say that during the conversation, his daughter is said his daughter, his sister and his mom interjected at several points, pointing out the flaws in his arguments. So Danny has not been insulated from both aspects of it. And during the whole conversation, we see Danny being tugged in both directions. When a Derek attacked his sister, Danny supported his sister. When Derek uh, was attacking Moray, Danny was listening. So Danny is the person who is going to be swayed. What happened was when Derek goes to prison and in that period, Cameron reaches out and uses Seth, uh, who is played by Ethan Supley, the big guy, as a conduit to get him in, um, there was a slow, there was a pull towards the white supremacist side. But if somebody has a doubt in their head and a strong force comes in, there's always a possibility that people change. Um, and we've established that his mom and his sister could have put doubts in his head, 
We've established that when we've also established that when Derek was around, Danny saw him as a god, as the leader, just like everybody else. So the turn that you talk about that happened overnight was probably not as dramatic as you envision it. It's just we never saw him throughout. I mean, there was a scene where he's just with his mom sitting down where he's, she's talking about his hair and talking about how she would love for him to grow his hair out again. And he said, I would grow my hair out when you stop smoking. And she said, deal. A promise for the future that never happened, but a, tr- a promise nonetheless. He wasn't as invested. And I will also say that he didn't even know that his brother had given up on the white supremacist group because he had not gone to see Derek for almost three years, right? So we put all of that in context. And now let's talk about Derek's, Derek's turn. Derek's turn is a totally different kind of turn. The original turn he had was based on disillusionment. The new turn he had was based on disillusionment. So from those two contexts, the turns make sense. He was disillusioned that his dad got killed by a black person. He was disillusioned that white supremacists are making deals and going against their stuff. Um, Are they really white supremacists? Who can I really trust? So if these people can do it, despite the fact that they're doing all the Hitler salutes and all of that, why do I have to feel that way? And his turn has slowly begun before he dropped the soap. And after he dropped the soap, it just accelerated it uh, because he then feels like if they can do this to me, I can feel what it feels like to be a subject of this kind of hate. Um, so I, 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 take, I think the strength of this movie is going to be based on how you interpret those two turns. And I think it's important we put those two turns in context because I feel like the director had nuggets throughout the film that kind of validated why that turn could happen. Um, so that's that's my perspective. Hmm. Interesting. To think about that for a little bit, because I... I see your argument. I I don't think it's as convincing with with uh, his younger brother. I guess uh, Ed, Edward Norton Norton's character. I can kind of get behind that line of thinking. Um, how it's almost kind of a betrayal of your ideals, right? Yeah, that's kind of what you're trying to get get at. Um, I, I don't buy it for his uh, younger brother still though because he has been under the 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 close mentorship of uh, Cameron hmm. and and Seth True. like who's 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 uh, you know just kind of hanging out that and singing crazy songs <laughs> so. So yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point of like if if you buy these turns, then you will enjoy this movie. If you don't buy these toy- turns, you're kind of in my camp. Yeah, right. Um. So I would I would I would argue the audience uh, should let us know what they buy, who yeah. they believe. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I have no problem with that. Um. Did you have any more negative points you want to bring up? Uh, we can go into general discussion if you want to just talk about the film from a general perspective. 
because I, I, I do have a couple of points that I wanted to make about the negative side too. Um, I mean, like one of the obvious negatives is, is just kind of the acting is atrocious. Like Edward Norton is, is playing everybody against the wall, right? Like everybody else is kind of, I regret the day when I pushed you out of my body. Like, oh, that was so bad. <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, let's go to the sidebar and, and go deeper. Overruled. Sidebar. Guilty. Speculation. Hearsay. Bailiff. Briefcase. Disregard. In my chamber. Stop Beaver on the witness. Arrest. We could totally be lawyers. I, I totally agree with you on the acting. This movie is just uh, an Edward Norton tour de force. Everybody else just seems to be like multiple levels behind. Um, and uh, if you had brought up that argument, I probably would have sidestepped it and just go to talk about something else. Um, mm. I think one of the reasons you probably couldn't buy Danny's switch was because the actor was not very good yeah. um you could buy edward norton's turn because you know he played the disillusionment very well but you know edward or danny was not as convincing and i can totally agree with that you know it's interesting one of the things that i also found very weird was the use of black and white i mean i understand why they use black and white they use black and white to indicate like okay this happened in the past this is his he viewed his world in black and white previously um and now he sees Symbolism. it in, in color but the problem with with that is like at the very beginning when you don't you, you don't have a protagonist to relate to and somebody comes to steal your car and you don't have the context in which it happens and you see this big muscular guy running down the staircase defending his home you instantly relate to that character and go oh did they try to steal from his house of course he has to shoot them down the american way so you know they present the character of derek in such a menacing light in such a powerful light that you know if you're a white supremacist watching this film you could be convinced that this is the right direction so i I think that the context of this is the context with which they portrayed him is, is very, is very interesting. And if you notice after he comes out of jail, we never see him without his shirt off. It's not the muscular guy that we get to see at the very beginning. It seems like his power has been taken out and he's weaker because he's now sees things in a more, in a more colorful way. So th there's some level of symbolism that I don't particularly appreciate, not just generally because it was the direction the director was trying to go in, but because of the way as time goes on, you know, we see these things. And finally, one of the things that I really didn't appreciate was that the movie let the black person talk to the white person so that the white person can become a better person. And, you know, the, the magic Negro complex. I, I, that guy didn't have anything, no other thing in this film other than making the character of Edward or Derek a better person. And all the black people in this film existed for that. So they were either existed to make the white person better or trying to kill the white person. And at the end of the film, when they shoot the character of Danny, you ask the question, I think you brought this up, what is the point of this film? This is the character that we finally get to see change. And the point you made at the very beginning is what happened. 
They killed his dad and he became a white supremacist. They now killed Danny. Is Derek going to become a white supremacist again? It's a very, very, very weird ending. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think what they're trying to get at, because like I, my conversations with my husband about that, um, because I brought that same point up. It's like I, I'm not convinced that's the the best way to deal with this because it's just kind of confirming that bias, you know, that that they live. But but my husband's point was that it's it's kind of a the 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 circle of the vicious circle, right? It's it's like echo chambers that, that you know, black and white um, live in their echo chambers, and it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. If you kind of keep on the hate going based on the the biases that you have, and don't go into discourse and learn from each other, right? If you just keep within your cohort and and kind of believe whatever they say, right? So if you don't look look outside of that cohort and the parameter and learn and interact like of course you're going to feel alienated and be like i don't you know i don't trust anybody who's not looking at me um which is obviously wrong right but it's 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 like i th- i think i i can see how how that's kind of what they try to get at but then a couple of things would, would have to happen, I think. Uh, I think Edward Norton's character probably may have fallen back into that whole thing, right? Because it's it's confirming, again, like, they're all violent and, you know, kill, kill my family. Um, so ending the movie, not with a beach, but with him shaving his head could have been a little more powerful if you want to go for that kind of statement right um i also think you said uh, sympathy it's 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 hard to have sympathy for him in the beginning and i agree i I think it's hard to have sympathy for him um until way later like he gets out and then like when he finally pushes back against cameron and that's when you start and i was thinking about why i think that is and how you could change it to make it more of a gotcha for the audience. Um, one of my arguments that I had was that I th- I think it's almost too extreme, too comical, too in your face with the swastikas and, you know, like all over the place. I don't, I do not, not believe that that's a reality, that there's just this fetishization of, of the swastika. Um, I'm I'm sure that exists and that happens. And like, if people are all in in, in that whole thing, they go all in. But I think it it could have been more powerful. It would have been more powerful to have the beginning play out the the seating of the car, have the beginning play out, um, and have his whole reaction be the same. Obviously, but without the, seeing the tattoos, without seeing the posters on the wall. And just seeing it as a some some random dude's car gets broken into and gets stolen, right? And then when we go back, we can see it because you know then it confirms to a, a, a lot of people. It probably confirms like a lot of biases, and they probably could see themselves in him, right? And when when you then reveal like he's that kind of person, he's that crazy. Um, 
I would argue that would be so much more powerful because people would be like, oh, shit. <laughs> right? Like, Ugh, I like the kid, but now, Ugh, I don't know, right? So it's little things like that where I'm like, you, you could have made it so much more powerful um, just from a, from an audience perspective if you had not gone so, so flat and so in your face and so provocative, right? But a little more smart. Mm. Uh, because it feels like I, I'm still not sure what they tried to to tell me with this. Like, what what am I supposed to get out of this movie, right? Um, be, be, because it's it's not it's it's a little confusing, and I understand that there has been a lot of issues um, like behind the scenes about this movie. I don't fully know, but it sounded like you do. Um, if you want to share some of that, um, that may explain why it is so so odd i don't know yeah i i was actually i spent quite some time reading about it it was it was tony k who was the director um initially put in a uh, a 90 minute version of this film um and it was reviewed very well um but the studio wanted a little bit more and he didn't want to add more uh i guess this is this this is the shortened version um, and as time goes on, he begins to act erratic. He wants to change his name to Humpty Dumpty. So, <laughs> you know, so that he can put the name as Humpty Dumpty, directed by Humpty Dumpty, to show his displeasure with how they were treating the film. Um, and, you know, Edward Norton, he says he got extremely mad when Edward Norton was given the reins to edit the film. Um, and you can see how, uh, as a director, your vision is being manipulated by the actor in the film. Um, and that is probably where Edward Norton's um, reputation as a meddler comes comes into play because he goes in, manipulates the film, and he said uh, Tony Kay never appreciated it. So at the end of the day, um, I don't think they will ever work together again. Uh, but I think that the amount of drama that happened and the, the interesting thing was for 10 years, Hollywood didn't deal with him. Um, and as time went on, he started to make movies again. Um, but he never, he never recovered from the, the, um, that American history X event. So it's, 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 there, was a, there was definitely a lot of drama involved. He took out ads in Variety magazine advertising against the film that it was going to be coming out in his name. So that's that's the level of craziness. But his original vision, you could see that his original vision is very strong. And it would have been interesting to see what his 90 minutes version would have been. I am curious to know how he would have ended it. Who put this ending there? Because this ending is, like you said, like I said, very, very open to interpretation. Because... As a white supremacist, I could watch this film go, well, there's no joy in listening to the other side and trying to change. We have to take them out very quickly. And as the other person, I could go, well, it's so sad. The cycle of hate never stops. I wish we could have an end to this, if people could just have a conversation. So it's a very, very weird film. Yeah. Um, I will say that the ending is powerful nonetheless. The fact that you could go in all those directions, depending on who you are, makes it a little bit strong. And it's sad, but I also think that this movie could have benefited from a little bit more clarity. And maybe the conversations between the directors uh, 
could have helped this movie become more clear. But I will say that Edward Norton was a tour de force in the film as well. Yeah. I mean, Tony K has, has, has made, what, four movies? And I think this was his first. And I think you can, you can tell. Like, it is clunky. It is very clunky. And, like, the dialogue is, is clunky. Like I mentioned, the, the whole, like, I regret uh, having you come out of my body is, is ugh. That's bad writing. Um, that odd scene with the cops, I think, where the teacher goes in and they talk about all the... The white supremacists just just to have a exposition dump to understand who um who the main people are is very yeah. clunky and you know it's like there's a lot of like on a, on a technical level and how to on a, on a narrative level that is very um simplistic <laughs> Right. Very and, weird too. It's like yeah. why why is this principal the person who goes in to talk to the FBI? And why doesn't the FBI know about David Cameron? Right. That, why was it the principal who knows about David Cameron? <laughs> it was a very <laughs> weird conversation too. That that that's a that's a writing a pet peeve of mine where it's like, Oh yeah, David Cameron. David who? Or whatever, right? Like, who? And then, oh, let me tell you about this person because you need to know this. And it's like, oh, come on. Can, can we not do this in a different way that is a little uh, more smart? Like, because people are not that stupid usually. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so I think there's a lot of that where it's just like, it's, it's, you can tell it's, it's the first movie. I also read something that he, he likened himself to Stanley Kubrick in the, you know, in the, from a sense of like, independent filmmaker and nobody respects us and i'm like mm. buddy take a seat <laughs> like come on now um so so fascinating story uh just from 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 the behind the scenes stuff um i i'm curious when you heard first about this movie what is the thing that has been talked about this movie mainly when you learned about it American History X. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about it when I watched it the first time. When I watched it the first time, that was like years ago, almost a decade ago. Um, and all I saw was that the people said, you got to watch American History X. You got to go watch American History X. You got to watch American History X. And then I watched American History X and I was like blown away when I watched it. I'm not, I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression about this film. I think that there are flaws in this film, but I think the story is strong enough to stand. I think the story is good enough. I, I think that anybody who watches it is going to enjoy it. But there are rough edges in this movie that, you know, we definitely need to address and talk about because we're movie reviewers um, for all intents and purposes. Um, but or should I say movie lawyers for all intents and purposes? Um, but I, I, I think that, honestly, the movie still stands the test of time. Like, I was still as intrigued watching it today. I don't think I was as intrigued because I kind of knew what was going to happen. But I think that watching some of the arguments, it's very interesting because, you know, the reality is a lot of those arguments are happening on the breakfast tables of many homes in suburban America, in many homes in, you know, in the African-American neighborhoods, in many homes in the Asian neighborhoods where they talk about sticking to your own kind and try to, uh, find unity there, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I enjoyed the film, irrespective. Yeah, I, I mean, go, go on. Ahead. 
I I th- I think it is a good movie. Um I th- I think it's unfocused and not really uh, it, there's a lot left open for interpretation. Um which can be a positive. Um I think for something like this it's not necessarily a positive, but you know, r- mileage may vary. So the 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 way I learned about this again like years ago, like 20 years ago now, right? Was the curb yeah. scene. Yes. And, and, you know, that was that was the thing of, like, have you seen this movie? Because, you know, holy crap. Like, that's brutal. And it is. It is. Um, I think all, all the curb scene, the shower scene, and the raid on the supermarket are kind of the three brutal narrative pieces that we get. Um, and and they're brutal in their own ways, uh, and and kind of well well done, if you can say so. You know, in, in that uh, because it really uh, affects you emotionally, right, in very different forms, and that's that's good. Yeah. But it's also in contrast to again kind of re- the, the 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 idea of reforming and kind of moving past that and learning from it in one way or the other and that's clashing again that that's kind of clashing for me it's it's not necessarily working um but i guess my point is um it's going back to the to to my argument of like it's very in your face um and it is right. It, like these three scenes are very—they're not in, incredibly graphic, but they're—they're. They're, um, they affect you emotionally, mm. right? Um, and I think what I mean with, with with like in your face and like the all the the, the swastika stuff and the, the the posters and the tattoos and all that—that that, that's just so shallow again right where it's just kind of like um it would be a completely different story similar story but different and i'm not entirely sure if it would be better if if we took the whole neo-nazi thing out and just have like um casual white supremacy i guess (laughs) right because that happens all the time too Mm. And it's it, and, and and to a degree, it's 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 not more vicious, but it's since it's so subdued and hidden. Like I think there's something compelling to explore there as well, right? Versus the very uh, provocative extreme. and yeah. extreme thing that is very like, oh wow, he has a tattoo. That's crazy. Um, because everybody everybody who is doing the casual one always hides behind the fact like I don't have a swastika on my chest. Exactly, my point, right? And and so it's yeah, I'm I, it's a good movie, but I'm I'm kind of conflicted because I feel like it could could have been a lot better. You could have had a lot stronger positioning for whatever you wanted to tell and I feel like they they kind of don't know what they wanted to tell, so they left it open for people to just kind of go wild with their own interpretations. So that's that's kind of my main problem with it, I guess. It's still good. Um, Edward Norton saves it massively, mm. um, but uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of room to to improve it if I, anybody wanted to do that. 
I will, I will give you another 20K story uh, before we end this podcast. Okay. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, he did a 90-minute script and uh, they liked it, but then he took it back and he was editing it for too long. And uh, the studio pulled it away and gave it to Edward Norton to kind of edit to completion. Uh, he he didn't like it. You know, he sends the rabbis, the ads, and all of that stuff. So Marlon Brando reaches out to him and says, you and I, we're like brethren. We understand each other. I want you to work on my film. So Tony K agrees. And on the first day, he comes in. This is after September 2011. He comes in dressed in Osama Bin Laden garb, uh, ready to direct the film. And Marlon Brando, at that point, goes, well, this guy is full of it. Uh, we're never going to work together again. That's uh, That was uh, basically how it all played out. I mean, he's uh, he's a wild character. Um, he has his demons, I guess. So it could explain why the movie was so brash. Eh. That's uh, that's all the Tony K stories I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy person. Um, I guess he made music videos after doing movies. That's usually the other way around. But <laughs> oh well, good job. Yeah. Um, it was a good. It was a good discussion. I think. Yeah, I think so too. It's 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 an interesting movie. Good movies make for good discussions. Exactly. Um, Raji, next up, speaking of good movies, I think, I don't know, I've seen it once, uh, The Departed. The Departed. I tried my best Boston accent. Ah, The Departed. The Departed. Departed. (laughs) I like, you know, I I saw the original one too. Um, There's a, this movie is based on the South Korean film, uh, the infernos or something like that um and the korean film is infernal affairs uh the korean film is so much more interesting but i will say the departed is a very interesting film too so i'm looking forward to talking about it sounds great sounds great uh, until then where can people find us you know you can find us mostly i think we're going to be prim- primarily focused on twitter so you can find us on at movie mistrial on twitter send us a message if you have a totally different perspective of what we've been able to say what we've been uh, you know what we've been arguing about uh give us a send us a tweet tweet and uh, let us know your feelings um yeah. but you can also find us on facebook on instagram we'll respond on there too on at movie mistrial but yeah. if you also wanted to send us an email contact at moviemistrial.com and we'll hear for next one all right you guys have a good week take care